Hello, this is Amy from Play for a Song today. This podcast is for complete and early beginning pianists. If you ever never played piano before, just began learning the piano, or just getting back into it after a long break, consider yourself a beginner. You have come to the right place. I've been teaching piano for over 30 years and have worked with all levels of piano students, but loved working with beginners because it gave me the biggest satisfaction. I currently am running a piano teaching website called playforasongtoday.com specifically for beginners in an effort to reach wider audience and teach the joy of piano. This is our 10th podcast, so hooray for us. Thank you for those who are continuing to um, tune to what I have to say. My goal has been and will be um, to continue motivate beginning and aspiring pianists. During last nine episodes, I talked about a variety of topics from picking the right instruments to books, supplies, and basic theory concepts. As our 10th special episode, I thought it'd be good to summarize everything and have you feel that you're ready to start your first lesson at home. I hope that you've been in front of piano, finding middle C, learning the key names, adjusting your postures, contemplating whether your instrument is a good instrument for you to begin lessons as you listen to my last episode. I hope that although you may be listening to this podcast in your car, doing dishes or taking care of loved ones, you will find about half an hour to sit in front of piano or keyboard to listen to my podcast again to put everything in real practice. I don't know about you, but I am such a visual person and um, find listening alone not the most optimal. When I follow along and do it myself, I learn the best and retain the information the longest. If you are like me, again, I invite you to set some time to listen to this podcast and try to follow along. For this reason, I'm going to proceed like I am um, teaching you directly. It'd be the most beneficial if you also pretended that I'm next to you. Now, before getting started, we'll take a short 30-second break, and I'll be right back. Now you're back. So let's first make sure that you have what you need. Piano or keyboard? Check, right? If you happen to be sitting on a couch or on the floor, I suggest that you grab a chair, if you don't have a bench, and put your keyboard on a table. I hope you listened to my last episode of me explaining how your keyboard or bench should be placed. Now, assuming that you're sitting and your keyboard is placed appropriately, now let's talk about how your hands should look. If you have, this will be a quick review. If you have not, I meant if you have not listened to my previous episodes, please ensure that when you have your fingers on the piano keyboard, your elbow is bent gently, approximately 90 degrees. Your wrists should be straight, not curved or bent. From your forearm to top of your hands should be straight and each of your hands shaped like you're gently holding an egg. Your palms should not be touching the piano keys. When you have your uh, fingers on each of the uh, white piano keys, only the tips of your fingers should be um, touching the piano keys. And when I say tips, I mean the part between your fingernails and your finger. 
I do not recommend using the fingerprint part of your fingers when playing, where the tip of your fingers are bent outwards. I hope this makes sense to you. Remember, proper and correct posture is extremely important. Now let's talk about your back. No bending or slouching. Your back should be straight. Um, when you have your hands on your keyboards, your torso should be um, slightly leaning forward. Not too much, but just slightly. Um, your feet should be planted on the floor, but easily movable. So when you're ready to incorporate pedals, you can easily extend to ex um, access them. Now try to move your fingers. Try to keep your hands and arms steady. What I often see is that when students are focused on their fingers and hands, the shoulders tend to move up. Make sure that your shoulders are relaxed and they're placed down. If you're not relaxed, your shoulders, neck, and back will be uncomfortable and even can be achy. Now let's talk about finger numbers. Thumbs are one, index fingers two, middle fingers three, ring fingers four, then pinky five. Same for both hands. So if you put your hands together like you're about to clap, you can easily get them. Tap your thumbs together, one, index fingers together, two, middle fingers, three, ring fingers, four, then again, tap your pinkies together and say five. Simple, right? Next, let's talk about piano keys. All the way to the left, the white key is the lowest key of the entire piano. All the way to the right is the highest key. As you move one key at a time from left to right, you will hear that the tone will be higher and higher. Actually, the black keys work the same as you move from next to the right. Um, whether it's white or black keys, they will be higher than the key on its left. Full-size piano or electric keyboard have a total of 88 keys. While all of your typical acoustic pianos would be this full size, some electric keyboards can be smaller sizes like 76 keys, 61 keys, or even 49 keys. Even for beginner students, I don't recommend keyboards smaller than 61 keys. Anything less than 61 keys just don't have enough range for you to play as diverse or more advanced songs. You will certainly be limited. Now, um, let's talk about names of these keys. 88 keys seem a lot, but the good news is that there are only seven letters of alphabets. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Then it repeats over and over. So if you're starting from the farthest left key on a full-size piano or keyboard, the first key is A, then you move to the right key to the next white key, which is B, C, D, E, F, G. Then repeat A, B, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, D, etc. Again, these are only the white keys. Then the black keys, we call them flats and sharps. A black key to the left of whatever the white key you happen to be on, 
you'd say the name of the white key, um, and then add flat. A black key to the right of a particular white key would be the name of the white key. Add sharp. Okay. So as an example, the farthest white key is A. The immediate black key next to that white key is A sharp because it's to the right of the white key A. Does that make sense? Then the next white key is B, and then the black key immediately to the right is again B sharp. Now, some of you may have already kind of started wondering, wait, if you have, you are correct. A sharp is the same black key as B flat. Am I confusing you? Now, you may remember what I said just a little bit ago, that the black key immediately to the left of the white key is again, we call that flat, right? And then to the right is a sharp. So let's put it all together with an example and see if this helps. Start with A, B, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? Again, these are all the names of the Y keys. Now, let's say we stopped at G. The black key to the left of the G is again G flat. The black key to the right of that G is G sharp. If you move to the next Y key, then it'll be A. Same thing, the black key to the left becomes A flat. Black key to the right is A sharp. Do you see how the A flat was also G sharp? All right, one more time. We're going to start from the beginning again. A, A sharp, B, and since there's no black key, we're going to go to C, then C sharp, D, D sharp. Now we're going to go all the way to the right. The very last note of the right key, or the, the right of the uh, keyboard, is C. Then we actually move back the alphabet. So instead of going A, B, C, D, E, F, G, we're just going to go backwards. So we start from C, no black key to the left of it, so then it becomes B. Then the black key is B flat, because again, we're moving to the left, right? A black key is A flat, G. Next black key is G flat, etc. Again, immediate left black key is the flat, or whatever the white key is. Black key immediate to the right of the white key is again the sharp of that white key. Does that make sense better? Lastly, remember all the C's that we pass through as we count from A to G repeatedly. Closer look at the black keys. You will see that most of the black keys are grouped in twos or threes. You see it? Think of it as a block. One block is from the white key in front of the first of two black keys and end of three black keys. That block is from C to B. In piano, one letter to the next same letter is called an octave. So if you're saying from a C to a C, D to a D, E to an E, we call that an octave. 
the easiest way to find C is to go to the white key immediately before the first of the two black keys. That same spot is always C. So you can try counting from the beginning and then you'll be able to see that that C is always falls on the same spot, which is again, the white key in front of the first of two black keys, C all the way through. If you started or have taken piano lessons before, you would have heard C position or middle C. While there are multiple C's, we already saw that, right? There's only one middle C. And middle C is exactly what it sounds like. C in the middle of piano. Go to the middle of your piano keyboard, typically right under where the brand name is. So either um, Yamaha or Yangcheng or um, Baldwin, whatever your uh, brand name may be. Right underneath, you'll be able to see the two black keys there. Okay, again, the white black key in front of the two black keys. That is middle C. If somebody tells you to put your hand, um, uh, put your hands in C position, C position, your right thumb, if you remember, that is your number one finger, would be on a C. And for your left hand, your left pinky would be on the C below. So your left hand, your left pinky would be on a C. For your right hand, your thumb would be on the middle C. So if we summarize this, right, for your right hand, your thumb would be on the middle C, index finger number um, on D, middle finger on E, fourth finger on F, then pinky on G. For your left hand, your pinky would be on C, fourth finger on D, middle finger on E, index finger on F, then your thumb on G. Believe it or not, you're actually ready to begin playing your first song. If you're listening to this podcast and don't have a piano or keyboard in front of you and were not able to follow along in real time, I suggest you try listening to this again with piano in front of you. Next episode, I will explain how you would play your first song. Thank you again for the 10th episode. I promise to continue to bring topics that will further grow your knowledge in piano playing. I hope you found this episode more beneficial as I try to make this as comprehensive as possible. So again, the more you listen to it, if you're confused, by the time you've listened to it a couple of times, it totally will make sense, especially if you're practicing um, with the real piano in front of you. Happy tunes. <laughs>